0: absolute sports betting degeneracy
1: hey everybody arch here and today i've got a very very special guest dr bruce bouquet bouquet i'm sorry bouquet okay yeah i was a little worried with that i in there that 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 made me nervous yeah right it's polish for bouquet of flowers oh wow that's that's very nice (laughs) so can you just tell us
2: a little bit about yourself doctor Sure, sure. Uh, my name is Bruce Buchetta. I'm a math professor at New Jersey Institute of Technology. Um, I'm a mathematician, and my I've always been involved and interested in applied math and uses of math in the real world. Uh, so my PhD was in detonation theory, the math of explosives, mm-hmm. and I worked for a few years in Los Alamos Labs, uh, and then I moved to New Jersey um, at NGIT, and I've made some contributions to. Uh, biological applications to baseball and the understanding of baseball using math, as well as some uh, math uh, work uh, to help keep uh, insect infestation out of your food. So those are uh, the, the main areas that I have dealt with. All things that begin with B, baseball, bio, bombs, and bugs. And, <laughs> uh, my initials are BB, so it all goes together. Um, and And uh, in, in recent years, I've been more involved in promoting STEM education, especially uh, among underrepresented groups, and uh, in particular to try to get more girls into STEM, but a uh, longer-term goal is so that more people of all sorts um, in in uh, on the planet go into STEM areas and learn math and science, uh, because that I feel will be a good thing for society and for the planet. Yeah. Those are really noble goals.
1: When I was starting to do a little research on you, it just made me laugh like math professor in New Jersey. Of course, he's going to be studying baseball gambling. And that's (laughs) (laughs) just,
2: well, I I grew up in New York and uh, when I was in grad school, those were the, uh, that was, well, I, as an undergrad, I took a course in operations research and realized that I could try to figure out before I had a computer to figure out the, optimal way to play blackjack and uh, oh. you know so, so i sat home so one summer in when i was at college sat home with a a pocket calculator and a memo pad and computed the you know the best straight you know when to hit when to stick um in in blackjack and uh then you know uh, gambling became i guess it, it was around that time that gambling became legal in new jersey not that i went much Right, but, um, but, you know, it was of interest to me because, again, a, a practical application of math.
1: Yes, it's really fascinating. So you mm-hmm. started a site.
2: How long has it been? It's been around for a while. E-Grand Slam? Yeah, so it's over 20 years. Oh. Uh, I think in the late 90s that, that I started doing it because um, you know, I started doing baseball while I was while I was at Los Alamos. I started getting interested. You know, I was a Met fan growing up. I really liked baseball. And uh, then I read an article about math modeling of tennis, and I said I can't believe you can do modeling of sports. You can figure that. Out. So let me figure out, you know, how to uh, understand baseball. My first interest was in finding what's the best batting order. You know, you have a group of right. nine batters. What's the best batting order? I didn't look at any of the research, and I started doing some brute force uh, kind of stuff, and you know, quickly realized that that it wasn't going to work in order to understand just one lineup would have taken millions and millions of years on the computers at that time. Uh, And then I started um, looking into other things and figuring out how to make it more efficient. And uh, by 1993, I, I had had some results yeah, he was already. I was. we moved to New Jersey in '89, um, and '93, I, I submitted my work for publication, and it took four years till it was published because they said it was controversial. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so um, but but it did get published, and I I suspect that that paper is probably. Um, more people have probably read that paper than all the rest of my scientific work combined because it's you know it's, it's easier to understand. It's something that people can get their uh, minds around, and I've used it over the uh, over the years. I've kind of become um, the math recruiting guy in my department. I was asked to do this twenty some years ago, and uh, I've used it to to great effect, as you know, people could understand and this is what I thought first of all, you know, uh, when I started doing this, I had been doing detonations. And you know, if you go to a party and start talking about math modeling of detonations, people walk away from you. <laughs> but but you know, when you talk about baseball and you don't have to know anything people, you know, you come up you tell it, like, so one of the early results was the uh, the slugger shouldn't bat fourth. The slugger shouldn't bat cleanup in general. Or mm. the pitcher shouldn't bet last in the lineup in the National League. And and people have an opinion. You don't have to know any math. Like, like, why is that? You know, like, a, you know, that doesn't make sense to me. Or I think you're wrong. You know, but whatever it is, people can, can relate to you. Uh, so um, I found that that was a great thing. And then I was able to use it um, and continue to use it in terms of uh, interesting people in math and saying, hey, yeah, you, you know, you can use math in order to understand things around you in life. And here's baseball that I've done. And, and actually, the math that's involved in studying baseball is relatively simple math. It's mostly addition and multiplication, a little subtraction and division, and just a bunch of bookkeeping. Uh so, you know, you could do it with uh, you know, high school, junior high even education. You don't have to do any calculus or anything like that. That it's there's there's not, you know, any of the fancy stuff. You know, sometimes I'll read about uh people, you know, crunching all these statistics and trying to find correlations and this and that, you know, and which is based on some more advanced stuff but you know, that yeah you know, but then i don't think you really understand as well you know what what's really happening what what are the causes of things you say oh well this just seems to go with that which is all good but you know it doesn't give you as much understanding in my opinion but you know that's just my my math um my math modeling kind of bias that you know i'm a, more of a math modeler from background but it's all good and whatever people do that's trying to understand things and scientifically and increase knowledge, it's all good, <laughs> even if it's for baseball, yeah, I like it well you know like yeah, you know, I, I was doing these like unimportant things like, like understanding explosives, you know, for defense purposes and then like, and, and, and getting the food supply clean of bugs, right. And doing math, bio and medical applications. But when it really comes down to it, say I'm saving the world by understanding baseball.
1: That's it right there. Yeah. We, we yeah, don't care yeah. about that. We want to know if the stolen base is still worth anything in baseball. That's all, that's all oh, we care you know,
2: about. You know, right. So right. If the stolen base is worth much less than a hit. As I recall, yeah, yeah. Um, I probably, uh, I think I actually have that in, in, in so I, I opened up for myself um a, a few files that I thought oh, okay. might be yeah. uh worthwhile. So I actually I think I, I think I did a little bit of that. and uh if you give me a moment, uh, sure. I think I had a um something where I uh looked at the relative value of uh steals. I think let me see if I let's see if I can search through this. Uh and let's see if, uh, let's find next. Let's see. Uh, oh yeah, I think it's going to be around this part. Hang on a second. No, not there. Let's see. Find next. Just give me one moment. Let's Absolutely. see if it's okay, in here. Uh, no, I probably, maybe I just don't have it. Uh, have it in this file I might be But I think that um, you know, if you counted a single as worth you know one unit a value that, uh, I think a steal was like around a half, Mm. something like that. Um, I, I don't don't recall. I'd have to have to look that up. Uh, Yes. Okay. Sorry.
1: No, no, no. Um, It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. As, (laughs) as a Mets fan, you know, in 2015, the Royals, uh, the Royals may have, uh, you know, not changed, changed, but, uh, you know, there may be the outlier, right? Uh, they love the stolen base and they love putting pressure on the Mets. I see. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, Right, so so to the so that's a long time ago. So did the well, the, I know that the Mets didn't win the World Series. I don't think, right? They yeah, the they lost Royals. to the Royals.
1: The, yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I bring that up every chance I can. Like, I see, I see. Okay, well, I think it's been a great year because you know it's 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 near the end of July, and Mets haven't lost a real game yet. So. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, in, in your mind, what is the most important thing in baseball? Is it just scoring runs? Is is that it? Is that what we well, should look right, at?
2: Oh. So, right. So it's, it it is around run distribution, you know, to win a game, obviously you you have to get more runs than the other team and you could make scenarios. Like if you had a team that, you know, every third day it got 10 runs, but all the other days it's getting zero runs. Um, or, you know, if you've got 20 runs, like it might have a high average number of runs that it scores, but it would lose a lot of games just because it's got an out of whack distribution. But, uh, but that's not what really happens. Among teams, and and I I think um, it correlates quite well that a team that uh, has a high average number of runs um, should you know compared to a team with a low average number of runs should do well. Now that, that of course you know some people say, well if team A's average runs is five a game and team B's is three a game, team A should win all the games. But no, of course not. You know because team A doesn't always get five runs and team B doesn't always get three runs. They have a certain distribution, and so that's what. Uh, the model uh, that I use does it t- I take um, a lineup of, of nine players with some stuff for the bench and stuff for pitching. Uh, but basically what it does is it computes how often that lineup should get zero runs, one, two, three, four, five runs, et cetera. And it does that for the other team. And when t- you know, for for the probabilities that Team A has more runs than Team B, Team A wins. And for the ones the probabilities that Team you know t- Team B has more runs than Team A, Team B wins. And then there's some stuff about ties and extra innings that's a little you know by the seat of the pants, but you know is is reasonable enough that that uh, you can work with it. Okay. okay, that's really cool. Do you look at pitchers much at all, or is it, or is it no, mostly yeah. offensive performance? Oh. Um, great question uh, so uh, with pitchers it, it has to do with keeping runners off base so uh, right you would ask that um, something related to that in the email and so I wonder if I could uh, I, well like, I'll, I'll just talk it through. I don't know sure. if uh, I could share the screen. So actually I had a student um, do this one year that that I considered that with a with pitchers in baseball, Uh, roughly a third of the batters get on against the pitcher, whether it's a a hit or a walk or a home run or an error, whatever, uh, somewhere around a third-ish get on base. And so what I studied was, like, suppose you had a pitcher that's a little bit better than your average pitcher, and they they allow 1% less runners on base. So for every time the average pitcher would let 100 guys on base, Mm -hmm. this guy only lets 99 on. Okay. Okay. Right. Everything else the same. Just you know, he has he gets one more out, out of out of the like three hundred batters that you face. Where you get a hundred on base, only nine get ninety nine get on base. So I thought that would have, that that's about like an extra runner every two weeks between a week and a half and two weeks something like that for a team. It turns out that that would increase the number of wins in a in a normal season, one hundred sixty two yeah, yeah, game yeah. season, by about one point eight wins, right? That that kind of surprised me because you would think like you wouldn't even notice that. Oh, my team, my, my team led on one less guy on base in the last two weeks. You would say like, what yeah, what difference is that? make? Like? but it's almost two games. So, wow. so, 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 yeah. So, so what I have with pitching that I put in, so at the beginning, I started just with the lineup and what's the, what's the um, optimal lineup that you should have the batting order, um, that you should have for, for a set of nine batters. But, uh, Then I, you know, of course, pitching definitely matters. And it's clear that if you put in a Clayton Kershaw uh, versus, you know, uh, not as uh, qualified quality uh, pitcher that, you know, Kershaw is much more likely to win. So um, I use kind of that idea with pitchers about um, how often do they let batters on base? I have a little bit in there like, um, so uh, if the pitcher, if you, if you're, if a team has a pitcher that lets uh, only, say, 95% as many batters as, as average, then I get the opposing team's offensive uh, ability by that 5%. So, you know, if they would get on base, let's say, 30% of the time, I'd cut it down uh, by 5% of 30%, 1.5%. So they'd only get on base 28.5%. So each individual batter, all his singles, walks, are scaled down and all tests is put into outs, so that that's how uh, pitching is uh, incorporated. Okay. And then it then it seems to do reasonably well. I mean, I you know I, I say I basically use the same stuff um, over the last twenty years. There were there have been at times there have been a few um, modifications in the early days. I just used a very simple runner advancement model that um, if a guy's on first and the next guy gets a single. the batter only advances to second. Things like that. On a, on a double, the batter would only advance to third. But um, in later years, um, uh, we incorporated, uh, you know, some that, um, you know, takes into account how often a batter moves up to second or third, or or scores, say on a single or a double. So, so th- th- there's that piece there. I think at the beginning, I don't know if I had anything for the pitchers, um, but and and also, uh, I remember in the early years, I I actually was trying to do things about like versus lefties and righties, mm-hmm. and uh, the but the data, I I don't there wasn't there didn't seem to be em- enough data um, for many batters because maybe they would almost always play against righties that sometimes they that there aren't as many lefty pitchers and if the player doesn't play so much and then not all of the uh, data was easily available that i'd have to kind of you know estimate um certain aspects so that didn't seem to work so i don't even bother with um the the handedness of the pitcher It just how does the pitcher do against everybody everybody is scaled up or down based on on the opposing pitchers. And and surprisingly, it you know, the, the results have come out pretty good, certainly for the season um, over the years when I've compared it with um, the projections at the beginning of the year with the so-called experts. Um, I'm usually in the top 10, 15, 20% um, in terms of what you can imagine. You know, sometimes they only put who's going to make the playoffs. Sometimes they put um, the order that teams are going to come in. Yeah. Um, I, I, I put in how many games they're going to win. Not everybody does how many games a team is going to win. So, But um, it's come out surprisingly good. There's an awful lot in baseball. And you could stop me if I'm just yapping. No, 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 please. <laughs> that, that, uh, there's an awful lot in baseball. It surprised me that that cancels out. So, you know, in the beginning, I was th- thinking about, oh, putting in double plays and triple plays and hit by pitch and, you know, all sorts of other things that don't happen that often. But um, I think a lot of it uh, kind of cancels out. You know, if there are errors, well then more guys are on base, but there are double place and triple place, and less guys are on base. Some of it all seems to wash out and it would actually, it, you know, it, it might make the analysis just harder to do. Um, I don't know if it'll be super hard to do, but you know, then you have to get that data. You know, it's just that's here, but I, I've been surprised by that.
1: Um, yeah, you must be really the enemy of every sabermetrics fan <laughs> out there.
2: I don't, I don't know. That, uh, I, I do appreciate what what people do, and I think that over time, uh, there's definitely been a greater appreciation for the role that um, math and modeling and the numbers, uh, you know, uh, can contribute to sports. I mean, they, I guess they say in baseball, you know, the, the the time of the games has been going up, and you know, is that. In part because of making more changes in the sabermetricians, you know, uh, influence. I don't know, but I, I know that other sports, uh, which, you know, when I started doing this baseball, you know, they'd have the team statistician. I remember at the end of the game, they would, you know, have the the credits, and you know, the team statistician in those days they would say, you know, uh, what? How did the batting average change during the game? And now the statisticians are really, do and the scientists, the uh, data scientists, are are doing real modeling for the team from what from what you read. I mean, you don't know how much, um, is there, but there have been a few books that have spoken about that. But I, but I think the great thing has been, um, in other sports, they've become a lot more amenable to the data. We have, um, a former student at NJIT who is now one of the, uh, data data analytics people on the Philadelphia 76ers. And <laughs> she was, a, she was an undergrad by us. She played basketball. She's from Croatia. So she, uh, Grew up there, came to NJIT as an undergrad, studied math, was on the basketball team, went to graduate school, got a PhD in fluid dynamics, and now is, um, you know, her dream job. She's working for the Philadelphia 76ers. She's doing basketball and math. And it's it's a beautiful thing. And I don't think that a job like that existed 20 years ago. No, I don't think so. I don't right. think so, so, oh. so, 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 so it's, it's you know, it's really great. And, uh, you know, I think nowadays, I mean, they don't, they publicize so much, but I think all the baseball teams have some sort of um st- statistician oh, math yeah, modeling yeah. group, right? Um, it's unclear what they do and uh how much it affects things. Yeah, I'm sure they keep that close to the vest, although some people work in the more businessy area about selling tickets and modeling ticket prices. And mm-hmm. not that, not that, I, right? I guess only cardboard cutouts are coming to the games anyway nowadays. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Yeah. No, I mean you're you're absolutely right. I mean the level of importance, the stats it's it's ridiculous. I mean a few mm-hmm. years back the, the St. Louis Cardinals got in trouble for tr- for hacking into the Astros oh, yeah. computer the, systems.
2: Right. right. That that that's crazy. And and it'll and I kinda wonder with the with the Astros this year, you know, they were caught uh cheating last year and you know, I don't know how one puts that in for this year clearly they won't have the advantage of banging on the garbage pail but um you know who knows how that would affect things uh, the other thing is you don't have fans i mean uh, so when i did my uh computations for this season yes. i took out i took out home field advantage because i saw that uh apparently there have been some soccer games in europe where they said that the um that the home field advantage kind of disappears the refs Aren't calling as many fouls against the away team. They're not afraid of, I guess, the fans beating them up after the game or whatever. <laughs> uh, but uh, right, and I think that you know maybe it makes it more even Right, I, I, I read that the uh, the Blue Jays, right, the Blue Jays aren't going to be allowed to play in Canada.
3: Yeah, right. This season,
2: right. So so they'll you yeah, so I don't know what home field advantage you've got. I mean you know certain teams really I think uh, build themselves. Like if they have um, artificial turf, I think I know teams over in history have, you know, um, you know, gotten players that should perform better in their location. Of course, you know, uh, Shea stadium has never been a hitter's park. So it doesn't matter who you're getting. You're not getting a lot of home runs <laughs> on
1: the Mets. Right, right, right. <laughs> right? So I'm looking at your projections for the season. You don't think sure. the Astros are going to be impacted much at all. I mean, Well, yeah. So,
2: so what I do, okay. So, you know things that i know nothing about yeah you know, i'm not going to try to guess too much on it so what i do is I, I take the players that certain websites say say are likely to be playing and um and i take the data for those individuals over the last 3 years and you know weighted a little more toward recent years and then if there's a player uh, like a, a you're a rookie. Right? I think there's um, some teams that maybe some players from Asia are maybe moving to the major leagues for the mm-hmm. first time. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how they'll do so. If they're a first baseman, I'll just take a different first baseman on that team and put him in, in that slot in the lineup. Um, and I and I weighted a little bit by how many games people have played. So if they haven't played very many games over the last few years, their data counts less. But um, I don't know how... to how I would deal with, with the Astros, you know, those players, you know, most of the players are still on the Astros and that's why they come out to be, have 41 wins. I mean, I think I give a little more credibility to the, to the Dodgers at 41 wins um, than the Astros. Cause I think that the more eyes will be on the Astros this year. And, and I guess we might find out how much the cheating um, had helped them last year, but in any case they're. They're going to be a great team. Even you know, out of sixty games, if so, if they lose two or three or even four more games, they're right. They they're still going to win their division. Yeah. Know? No. No.
1: no. I, I don't think there's any danger, danger right. there of Oakland or anybody else catching right.
2: them. Right. Right. One of the things that I think was, was interesting because they're going to have the um, the wild card. We'll have four teams in each league mm-hmm. in the wild card. Although I'm not sure. Maybe you could explain to me how they're going to do. Whether the four has to go down to one. And then they play against the other three or whether there's some other system. Um, But that's actually going to make it pretty tight this year, according uh, to the model, because like in the American league, what do I have? I have um, Cleveland at 36, Oakland at 33, Tampa at 32. And then the, and then the fourth playoff team or the fourth wildcard team, well, I have three teams at 30 wins and they're all, within point 0.1 win of each other. Yeah. I was like, okay, right? You can't get point 0.1 win, right? So, yeah, they're all really equally there. And then um, in the National League that right, you have um, in the Central Division, you have three teams at tied at 33. you got
1: the Cardinals, right. the Reds, and the Cubs.
2: Yeah, the, right. So all three of those make the playoffs. But, you know, third, have the Mets and, and the Padres at 32, and the I, I think the Braves just miss it, right? Because you'll have one, two, three, four, right? That um, that the Braves miss, but they're you know one game is you know I have the you know the Braves at thirty one point two, and uh, the the Padres at thirty one point seven, right? So so the Padres make it, the Braves don't. You know one game, you know they, there are teams that seem to um, like they get a slow start. Sometimes, you know, and it doesn't seem to matter to them because you got 162 games. Right, you know, yeah, if you, yeah. right, this year, you kind of screw up the first 10 games and you get a guy, you know, with COVID or is injured. And I mean, that's the other thing that, you know, we, we hope that the season will, will make it till the end. But uh, I think there's no way to consider who's going to be in and who's going to be out. Right. Mm. And, at, and at the beginning of the year, if I did this back in March, it wouldn't make much sense because some, players said, well, I'm not playing this year, right? right? Right. So, um, I think that there'll be a lot, um, about that because, right. I don't think that they're really, are they quarantining the players? I heard uh, basketball has a bubble.
1: Basketball's a bubble. I haven't heard much about them quarantining the players necessarily.
2: Right. But then you said they're going to, um, test them a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So hopefully, I mean, that's my, that, that That's my hope that by, you know, I can't believe it's already toward the end of July that, you know, the university opens and end of August. I'm hoping that they'll have quick and cheap testing by then so that people can go back to some semblance of of normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at a university, uh, I think face to face things are helpful. You know, online is good. And, it's, you know, and, and 10 years ago, if, if this happened, you know, who knows what, have ha- what would have happened <laughs> with universities. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh it's still been problematic, uh, yeah. right? And and for the and for the baseball season, I mean, right there, they're in uncharted territory. Baseball is really the first one that's opening up, I think. Yeah, w- yeah, they, the, they are the first. Hockey is following next week, so. Okay, right, and I, I remember a few months ago uh, they were talking about uh, Korean baseball. You know, people were all of a sudden because they were back in. They were playing games and people watching. you It's three in the morning here, <laughs> but, they, but but I, you know, they needed their sports. Um, but I just heard about it that week, and I I don't know if that's continued, if they they if the season actually has continued over there and what they've been doing. So you know, hopefully they could keep it reasonable. But I, I I don't think you know the players are traveling around and they're traveling around the country. I don't know if they're going to be on private planes or how that's going to work. It'll be very interesting to see. No, absolutely, goes, yeah. yeah.
1: to answer your question about the playoffs, we still don't know exactly what they're going to do. They're still negotiating, potentially expanding the playoffs. They have until first pitch tonight to to finalize the deal. Yeah, it could be. I was reading an article. It could have been up to 16 teams that was on the table at one point.
2: Right. I mean, yes, because 16 is an easier number to deal with. That you know you could do like in uh, in basketball where you know team one plays team eight and two plays team seven right and then you then everybody's playing the first round whereas you know right now you have it in baseball you know in a normal season you have five teams uh, you know the so two teams the, the you know the the two wild card teams play one game so they're at a little disadvantage and then they and then you're down to four and you could you know you have the uh, a power of two and so it's easy to figure out how to do things um, but now with the other with seven teams it's more complicated if you have eight you know it's a power of two there's an easy mechanism to do something fair you know i I mean i guess then the question is you know how many games you have in each series so that you don't go too far into winter
1: yeah 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 (laughs) because we're going to be playing in new york and 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 los angeles right in the winter
2: right right well you know they're going to be messing with things they could do like the super bowl right The the super bowl almost always is in a warm weather area right i mean they, they had a one year in new jersey and we, it was shockingly lucky like that whole week i remember was was freezing and then like the day before the um the the super bowl uh, all of a sudden it got nice and they played super the super bowl in, in, in very nice weather for for winter uh, and it it was shocking, yeah. and we learned they they played at that giant stadium, which is <laughs> in New Jersey. And I, I remember they were interviewing some fans, and they were saying like, um, "You know, boy," and I and I see that we're really close to New Jersey. <laughs> 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 like, it's like you're in New Jersey. Hello. <laughs> That no. just proves the
1: god the gods are even football fans. The gods weren't going to stop. The Super Bowl. Yeah,
2: <laughs> so right. you get a lot of funny stuff. Yeah.
1: So we got your projections out. You think Houston's forty one, so that's cool. Dodgers, mm-hmm. Dodgers forty one as well. You got the Yankees nipping right on the Astros' heels at thirty nine.
2: Right, but they should run away with their division. Right, as right. Well, you you don't you don't think much of Tampa Bay. Well, uh, actually, I was surprised when I saw that they make the playoffs because I didn't know that Tampa Bay was that good. You know, I, I I I haven't really looked. I, I've been very busy at my real at my day job <laughs> yeah. all year, um, and especially since, uh, since since COVID. You know, because we all have to be lucky. Those of us um, who are lucky enough to keep the, um, and have a job, but yeah. um, but 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 many of us who ha- have jobs, you know, are working much harder uh, than ever. So I, I really. Um, didn't expect that in Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay has had like ups and downs over the years. They've, uh, they actually did, um, they had a very mathy, uh, um, group, uh, once upon, you know, a number of years ago, they did a lot of math. I think that that fell apart though. Mm. So, Wait, um, yeah, yeah. Looking
1: at this, you got the Yankees running away with their division. Uh, just looking at what Las Vegas put as the win total, mm. it looks like, yeah, nobody else is going to hit the over. Everyone's going to go under what Vegas says and you've got the Yankees comfortably, mm. I uh, see oh, comfortably oh, yeah. over yeah.
2: you know a lot a lot will depend on how serious they are at the beginning, you yeah. know 'cause they you know if they say, Oh gee, we well, you know we're gonna win by a lot, we could play some games and and you also don't know at the end of a season you know if the, you know, once you clinch, some teams play more seriously than other or they conserve their good players for the postseason. so i mean I don't have any of that kind of yeah. um i can' i I don't know how to t- i mean it's like reading mine so um <laughs>
1: No doubt. I'm looking at the AL Central. You've got everybody going over. It looks like, yeah, everybody going over Vegas except for the Royals. So thanks for that. Thanks for that, doctor. Okay.
2: (laughs) I just do what the numbers say, you know, and, and the Mariners come out as the worst team in baseball. I don't know if that's true, I guess. You know, often I think that Baltimore is going to be that, but it looks like Baltimore is going to squeak ahead of them.
1: Squeak ahead of them. Yeah, you've got Baltimore <laughs> winning twenty-one games. You've got Seattle
2: winning nineteen. Worst team in baseball, right there, Seattle. Right. That's right. That's right. And uh, right, and then it was really 18 and a half, Right, eighteen point seven. So, <laughs> so they're not really even as good as nineteen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, so good stuff. Uh, Washington. They're, yeah. they're on top of their division. They're over the Mets, the Braves. That surprised mm-hmm. me that your model showed the Braves coming in third in their division. Uh, uh,
2: um, oh, I thought others uh, had them as in No, no, in third, no. no. It's but... just, it's,
1: it, well, Vegas has got them neck and neck with the Nationals. 33.9. Really? Yeah. Oh. Basically, 33.9 okay. wins.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder... Uh, I, w- I wonder maybe there's someone in there that I don't take into account or there's, um, you know, it's possible So the pitchers, I wait just based on uh, how much they played uh, last year. But uh, I don't, you know, when I uh, deal with the season, I kind of average all the pitchers um, and based on how many innings they've pitched. So, you know, if you have a rotation and it's the same five guys and they really hold up, yeah, you know, this year right, they say some teams are really going to try to stick much more foot to that five guy rotation and and try to make it through sixty games. Maybe they will, maybe they won't, and maybe other years you had more of the uh, relievers play. But um, we'll see how that comes up. Uh, I don't know. I'm happy that the Mets came in as making the playoffs, and I don't even have the and the Braves just. Barely miss, but I have the Braves not making the playoffs. so mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, interesting stuff. Uh, yeah, Miami, Philadelphia, they both suck. Okay, whatever. Moving on. <laughs> NL Central, you've got it's 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 tight. It's tight. It,
2: right, right, and that that whole middle um wild card zone, I guess I'd call it mm-hmm. from thirty three games to thirty. There's what three six. There's seven teams that are that are in there. You know, it's half the league. You know, seven out of fifteen yeah. are. Are going to be contending for the wild card, and you know, and Philadelphia might actually be in there till the end, depending on how it goes. So uh, yeah,
1: they're right; they're that, nipping on the heels. You have got them at twenty eight.
2: Yeah. Yes. Right. So, um, so I I found that that was uh, pretty interesting. I also um in in many years I'll uh, massage the data based on. How um, my picks came in from the year before and how wide the spread was. So, you know, it, I would try to keep it that um, the middle two thirds, like from the uh, uh, fifth best team to like 25th best team, let's say, were separated by 30 games, and my model had them separated by 25 games. Then the next year, I would, you know, expand my model to like, you know, make, you know, kind of force, uh, th- you know, th- the difference to be whatever it was the year before. This year, I, I wasn't playing any games with that. I wasn't, you know, taking into account the home field advantage because I think there's so much this year that is really um, that we don't know that 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 it could go could go either way. And because it's such a short season, the, I mean, you see it in the bunching of teams um, that you know a couple games go in the either way. You know, your baseball, we always say, you know, the game of inches that, mm-hmm. you know, a few things go the wrong way for one team. And that could that could knock them out. You know, with the Mets, you know, they, they make a few bad decisions. You know, we in New York that are Mets fans often like to complain about the managers. You know, the manager, you know, um, you know leaves in the reliever who's kind of, you know, shaky. A little too much a little too often you know you lose a you lose a couple of games and that's the difference between the postseason and, and going home this year
1: it's magnified so much yes yeah. yes so what do you think like philosophically baseball teams are always built you know the managers are, are built for thinking long term 162 games do you think that they're going to be able to adapt or
2: right so um I, I think that the considerations will probably be different. It, I don't understand all, all the rules about um you know um, when they would bring up players from the minors and, and put them down in the minors because you know yeah. they get an extra year of that they're under contract kind of things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've never taken that sort of thing into account. I think that everybody's gonna Play more like a sprint, I would think that the teams i i would think i mean if I'm a manager i have no idea what what they're thinking that that they don't have you know the first couple weeks to kind of feel everything out you know the first couple weeks, yeah the game's about twenty percent over right, yeah. <laughs> so um, that so they won't they they won't have that, and I think that um you know, at the end of the season sometimes they'll complain a team misses the playoffs by one or two games and you see what they did in April and you know, they just were, you know, fussing you know, fussing around in April and, you know, that cost them the pen. I think that this year it's it's really magnified that everybody's gotta gotta um have the pedal to the metal on day one. Mm-hmm. And I think they're gonna try to stay with with the players that with their regulars as much as possible, especially the ones that could potentially be in in contention and not, I mean, there is no minor leagues this year, but probably not rotate players in as much. That's my guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think you're probably right. I always go back to the quote from Bobby Cox because it really amplifies everything. You know, the old manager for the Braves said, whenever he thinks about changing the batting lineup, he sits mm-hmm. on it for a month and then see if he still feels the same way. Well, it's going to be half over <laughs> yeah. then.
2: Yeah. yeah, he does that, right? I know there was one manager who once said, who asked, what's, what, what's his lineup going to be? And he says, well, I'm going to try all the possibilities and then I'll pick which one. And like, yeah. like, like, you have nine guys, it's 360,000 lineups. So, <laughs> yeah, so in 200 years, he'll pick his lineup. Yeah. <laughs> right
1: but that's it's going to be so fascinating because that's how managers typically think at least the, right. the older generation right. at least i don't know what the new guys are thinking
2: right it, it'll be interesting uh, yeah. right and so um but let's hope for for an enjoyable season i think everybody is happy that they will be playing games at least you know starting today and uh you know we, we'll see hopefully uh, end of september we we'll, we'll, we'll see how these projections uh, work out and hopefully they will have had complete 60 games and uh i think that that would be uh not only good for baseball fans but probably it will be a sign that things are good for the country if it all goes nicely
1: fingers crossed i'll post a link to the e-grand slam so everybody can see the projections that oh, you've thank come you up very with. much. So that, can, that would be
2: great. Yeah. So, and where where can I see this podcast? Where do where, where, where do I go?
1: Well, we're on. Uh, you know, we're, we're we're degenerates here, so we call ourselves absolutedegeneracy.com. dot okay. com. Yeah. let see. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'll have to take a look. Thank you yeah, very yeah. much. Oh, yeah, okay. it's great talking to you. Maybe we get you in the. Maybe we'll get you in midway season. See how see how things are
2: sure. going. Sure, sure. Um, happy to speak to you. Um, it's been a delight. I hope that you've enjoyed as well. And uh, you have a great day. You too. Thank you, doctors. (laughs) Okay. okay. Bye-bye.
0: Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner-operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents.